Hello, everybody. This is another episode of the Wealthy Podcast. And today we are so lucky to have Louis after a long time. Mate, thanks for coming on the show. Absolute pleasure, Dominic. I just want to give you a quick round of applause. They're all your fans. They're just waiting to have you on the show. Thank you to come back. Um, mate, you're a fucking rock star. You've been killing it recently, talking to lots and lots of clients, been um, doling out some good quality properties. You've been helping people through some difficult times. And, you know, you're working through many different life um experiences with your clients many different mm. questions many different difficulties and yeah and it's it's great having you on the show because i feel like we can answer a lot of their questions mm. and we can address some of the main concerns that you know i think they have but then therefore a lot of our listeners have sure um so i want to talk about some of that stuff today but then also we've got some exciting topics near the end of the show where <laughs> Um, it's 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 a, a crazy topic. It's a new time. Yeah, it's a it's a new dawn. We're going to be it talking is. a little bit more about this emerging world of crypto and NFTs and all this interesting stuff that Peter brought to us a little while ago. But mm. you've been dabbling, I've been dabbling, and we want to just talk about it. So, without um, further ado, shall we open the floor? Um, and, and talk a little bit about the landscape, like what's mm. happening out there? What's the media doing? How, how, what's the general consensus with clients and how they're feeling? I think that I'm dealing with a lot of different clients at the moment. So clients of all, uh, all levels of investors, uh, some are old and young and, and different, different stages of their journey. But I think that one thing that I'm noticing at the moment is there, especially in today's world of such a, a, such a media filled environment, I think that, the media is manipulating uh, our clients' views on whether or not they've missed the boat or whether or not it, it's too late to invest or have they have they missed the time now, do they wait again? And I think that's one thing that I'm dealing with <coughs> really because, you know, you see things published in the media that the banks and, and different sort of outlets love saying that, oh, you know, properties have run 2.4 over February or they've 2.7% in, in, in different areas and it makes clients come back to us, Dom, and I think you would agree and say things like, oh, if it's already run 2.7%, will it go again? Or are, are we at a top and are we buying at the top and it's going to drop? Yeah, so you're saying that your, your clients are reading the news. I They're think so. seeing that there's a lot of hype around the property market running mm. and it's true, but then also there's a little bit of sensationalist topics and it's causing a bit of fear and this sense yeah. of, yeah, is it too late? Yeah, and it's added in with all the, you know, the, the news is always... Yeah, it's oh, it's got some positive things in it, but it's all also filled with a lot of negative news and material, and it and it can manipulate you know moods and feelings, and you know the the auction clearance rates, and we're looking at uh, the highest prices that we've ever been, and and it's I think it, it, a client's ed being educated, and they're slowly learning that if you hear these these numbers and these stats and these figures that property prices at their highest, yes they are, and, and auction clearance rates are at their most, of course, these are stats that you know they're not wrong, they're not lying, but. I think the, I think that one thing you got to take into consideration is that these the areas that run the fastest or the quickest or, or first are you know your Bondi's, Eastern Suburbs, Double Bays, Vaucluse. These property prices are always going to be on the rise and they're always going to run first and they're always going to be, you know, have the highest percentage. But I think there's still what we're trying to educate our clients is there's still areas that we identify that haven't even been touched yet. Like it's almost like an uncut gem. Yeah, that's very interesting. So. We see the media on um, 
a lot of the top performers. Mm. We're seeing price growth in some of the leading suburbs and, and some of the leading um, types of real estate. However, the opportunity is looking, mm. finding the uncut gems, finding you know the diamond in the rough, and and looking for the stuff that hasn't run yet. Yeah. Um, and the media will say the media will say uh, New South Wales or Victoria as a whole or Inner West. You know, you know, and you know what what does this mean? And people will say, well, it, it, if I can invest in regional New South Wales, I'm not saying it's a bad investment, but if it, why why wouldn't I not buy something out there for really cheap if it's going to you know grow and run and things? I said, well. I had to sort of explain to one of the one on my on one of my phone conversations the other day. I should say that you got to we got to understand where these or how these where the where the growth comes from, and and we always talk about it. You know, we look at employment, uh, population, infrastructure, and we look at the area itself. Has it grown before? What's it doing? You know, what, what's happening within the area? So, I think that one thing new investors should be careful of is, uh, or investors in general, is that. Listening to the media might not be the best form of education. I think it might be doing your own research, of course, and looking at different stats and data and and, trend and market trends. Uh, that's that's all good, but taking one source uh, from what you see on the telly or you know on the radio might not be the safest way to judge whether or not you should get into the market now or whether or not you should wait or you know what you should be getting into. And look, just to be clear, you should feel that fear of missing out. I know I'm sounding like a salesperson right now, but. The market is running. Mm. However, don't let it cause you any unnecessary stress, anxiety, um, or to make rash decisions. Mm. And and don't don't just follow the sheep. Don't follow mm. the herd. No. And I, we always get the question: Have I missed out already, or is it too late? And I, or is the boat the boat left the dock, or is the the ship sailed? And I. Mm, there's my, a few ways to answer that, right? Yeah, my personal opinion about it is that I don't think the boat. I don't think you can. I don't think you can miss it. I, I I think you can. You might be. You might mistime it, but I don't think you can miss it. I think it's time in the market. I think in today's world, if you invested in, you know, if you invested in two thousand, you might have had some ups and lows, but you're always headed in one direction. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> I think there's another way that you can, if you're going to use that metaphor, I think there are many boats. And I think mm. that people have missed some, and that, that yeah, missed and some opportunities. Of course. Um, but there are always other opportunities. There's always something mm. that you can weed out. You know, I, I don't think, I think that don't use as an excuse not to do anything. Yeah. That's the main one. Just because you've missed that boat, mm. don't let that dissuade you from not moving forward. I had friends that missed out, missed a, a huge portion of the boom in 2000. Um, and like they, they, they saw 2013, the market had run. They saw 2014, the market had run. Mm. And like, oh God, the price is already going. They're mm. all time highs. I've missed the boat. I'm going to wait for the prices and now come down. They were very wrong. Mm. Get in, yeah, as think, you're saying. Yeah, I think get in and then stay in as well. Yeah, stay in. Don't day trade. Don't flip. Just get in. Just yeah, get in. The the flip mentality, I think, is it might have been an older generational thing, like the buy, increase, sell, buy again. But I think now that in today's world, I think having more is better than having one or two. Yeah, I think also that the, the <coughs> it comes down to their experience as well, because yeah. you're working with a lot of time poor professionals. Yeah. Like the clients that you're working with, I don't see how the hell they're going to be able to, you know, earn the wages or the salaries that they've got 
or look after, you know, three kids, drive them all to mm. school, take them to Taekwondo, soccer, da 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 run their full-time life, uh, you know, look after the household and then on top of that, go find a property, renovate it, flip it, pay all the exit, all the entry costs, so the, mm. the stamp duty things and pay all the exit costs, the marketing, the agent's fees, the tax, and then do it all again. Like that's a full-time job doing that. So it, unless you're doing it full-time, don't, I wouldn't be looking at that. No, I wouldn't be. It's, <clears throat> it's funny how, yeah, when you, when you say that, it's some, most of our clients want to set and forget, buy and, and I think, I think buying property or the idea of buying property is really glamorous. Like people talk about, um, uh, it's easy to, it's easy to talk about. It's harder to do, mm. but it's, it's not, I think people get, uh, they come unstuck when they, when we talk about, you know, buying property, it's, oh, I want to buy this year, I want to do this, or, you know, it's, it's very easy to talk about. Mm. Taking the first step is always the, I guess with a lot of things in life, taking the first step is the hardest. It's it's very glamorous in some ways, but also unglamorous. Like, it's very glamorous. I think where people come unstuck is when they get caught up in the romanticism and the glamour. And what I mean mm. by that, like, I know I heard you talk about some of your clients and they enter it with this sense of uh, romanticism where they want to buy this beautiful looking thing yeah. that mm. looks this way and it has like this kind of, you know, uh, terrazzo tiles and whatever. And look, this, this is all good. That yeah. stuff is good, but it suits a type of purchase. It suits a price point, da 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 I don't think... I think people get caught up in the glamour, the romanticism more than what they should be thinking about and that's the numbers and cents. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's because they have, when you're sitting around a dinner table or they, you know, you, you're talking to your friends or people have different opinions and, and different ideas of what they want to buy or how, you know, what they want to do or their journey or, and that's where the, you know, the, the romanticism comes, comes in because it gets mixed in with someone buying their own home maybe. Mm, they're using the the own home emotional the attachment right so and then if you're you're sitting around a dinner table and there's there's seven people saying how you know they their their stone top benches or their their door handles need to be this way and you start and then you start thinking well i'm about to buy i, I was thought about buying this place but it doesn't have all these and then, and then they're they're getting uh into almost a, almost a fight with an owner occupier piece of stock which we're finding today in the especially we touched on it before the auctions how they're, they're flying and you know, people are paying overs and then they're competing with people who want to buy and live mm. and they're not thinking about the reason they even started the conversation was because it was purely investment and now they're now they're sort of their whole mentality is now shifted to the left and now they're in a category of becoming too emotionally attached and the and the the glamour of buying a property becomes like their their baby which is always should be don't get me wrong if you want to if you want to buy a home and you want to live in it and that's your dream buy one and forget about it and and you want to make it perfect, then I think that there's definitely a lane for you to do that. Yeah, it, and it may be let down the track. You should maybe buy some investments, make some cash, and then yeah, do then that. Buy your real, buy your real one down the end. But what um the the point I want to get to is that to go back on the price thing, I think that people are looking at areas that have already run, and uh, particularly I grew up in the northwest, so we look at areas pretty closely in. Schofields, Box Hills, even Riverson, Kellyville, or these northwest suburbs where, you know, you're buying homes now for... One and a half million? Yeah, and I, I sort of grew up through the phase when it was... When we saw 650s and 750s and and it, it got flooded and there was a time to invest in it. But now people keep saying, well, it was a time to invest in that suburb. Should I invest in it again? And I, 
if you yeah I, I don't I don't think it's the best idea but then they get pulled in with these people who want to live there and they want to have a they, they've already bought a couple of investments and they want to have the northwest lifestyle like a really nice schools family areas you know it's a really nice suburb for young families to grow up in but that mum and dad are going to pay 200 grand over their uh, an investment price or where, where the numbers stack up where to make it feasible don't i love what you're saying you've got clients that are looking in these markets and they are competing with owner occupiers and it's a game they can't win because a mum and dad that where well, it's like anything like if you if you really want something and you're going to use it for that purpose you're going to buy it and you're going to have you're going to find a reason or find a way and get desperate and pay another you know 3 400 grand over if i mean that's that's a stretch well, what price can you put on your your family's uh, your family's uh, security, yeah. your child's yeah, dream home? You know? Yeah, and we see these, you know, they get clumped in together. And then, uh, for example, one of our one of our clients here who was dealing with our other, our other investment uh, and specialist, Sam, you know, that we just kept getting caught up in these conversations of people going to auctions on the weekends and hearing property prices, you know, uh, reserve prices one point one, then you're paying one point three, and they think they can go and buy a great investment property. No wonder, but if you do your cash flows and your analysis and the data on the commerciality of the property at an investment level, you'll find yourself quickly, you know, falling out of your shoes if you're paying that little bit over. Yeah, and you're priced out. And the feasibility is broken. Then. Yeah, and it's a game you're always going to lose. And I think that's one thing that in today's market that we're, that we're talking about a lot is because people are identifying, to go back on what I said before, looking at areas that have run before and have been really good areas to invest in, but I just don't think they're the right areas to invest in now. Yeah, it's a good point, um, especially if you're looking at how much you're willing to pay, um, mm. which I want to deviate. We've got a, 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 I want to sort of touch on the topic because you've just reminded me of what I think to us is, can be the not the worst client because none of our clients are the worst, but the, <coughs> the worst, the worst f- frame of mind or headset that, that, that someone could be in when they're purchasing. And I think I fall victim of being this type of person where you've got a large sum of cash. Mm. So, so we deal with some clients and they're in the east or the north or whatever and they've got four five hundred thousand dollars in cash yeah they're the worst clients to deal with and mm-hmm. and the reason why is because in th- one they've they've got a taste for what they want yeah they're living in a really nice area and they want that and two they think that they can afford what they're living in as yep. an own home yeah you know think because they've got three or four hundred thousand dollars that now i can afford to go and spend two two and a half million dollars or even you know mm. a silly sum of money they're looking at homes like their dream home is on the precipice of their affordability it's quite pretentious a little bit pretentious investing yeah like they think they can afford that yeah. thing there and much to their their own detriment that's where they're going to be making huge mistakes yeah i agree with serv- serviceability and i think that where i think i i, I find it funny sometimes and it makes me laugh because you know, you grew, grew up in a nice blue collar family, blue collar areas. You know, you, you know, it's you, we talk to some people that uh, our recommendations or our investments are, are, are really in good opportune, opportunity, opportune, opportune, opportunistic, opportunistic yeah. areas that may not be the most as what we touched on before, the glamorous. Yeah, they may not be the idea so beautiful of yet. what they you know or what they can talk about to their friends and say, oh, you know, I've just got a. 
a seven bedroom house and looking over the, the lower North shore, you know, mm. but these are the ones where uh, we've got investors who come along. Uh, a client of mine came along and said, look, I've got, I got a, this amount of money. I can, I told her you can afford this. This is what it's going to give back to you. And she goes, let's do it. I Makes mean, sense. Yeah. And she's already winning. And you think that, and it makes you smile because you go, oh, well, they're the, that's the attitude. I think that you've got to have in today's world because wherever you are, wherever you may be, not be, might not be the place you're going to invest in straight away. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and, and I think that people forget that a lot of these beautiful, nice areas weren't always that. No. And time, time changes a lot of things. Yeah. You know, we're looking at those markets where they're not so sexy now. They're no. not romantic. No, it's not. And they, and they're not romantic at all. And, and it's, and there's, it, it sort of makes me laugh and smile because I lived through I lived through the as I said before I don't always go on about Northwest kid right yeah and it's hilarious because we were always considered ah oh, the West Northwest whatever whatever but now buying a house and land in the areas that weren't considered romantic or glamorous you know that's someone's dream five, they, ten they years wish, ago yeah. you, you can't even afford like you it's they just go well I I can't even afford to live in an area which I thought was like I, I grew up in Kentus and then there's the Rouse Hills and things and there's these big 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 master plan community developments now and they're you know tomorrow homes is doing the house land packages for 1.3 1.4 million bucks and that's that's not ever price it's just where it's where the market is for that area you know and and that was considered 10 years ago as uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't bother with it. i wouldn't oh touch yeah. it green fields i don't want to touch that no. who wants to live out there yeah maybe not you yeah and maybe not you but someone does someone does and also you have that attitude we have that attitude now about the areas that we talk about and then in 10 years time you'll be you'll be rubbing your nose because you didn't get in and then you'll be investing in you know another hour south or another hour north that's exactly right which means just kind of you know move your pride aside i think so egos yeah investing drop the ego in, yeah and there's a lot of um there's a lot of egos uh, in the investing world not just in property world just investing in general you know in investing seems it seems um, to be high-end or something. But I think that the the worst mistakes you can make is not investing anything. Like For example, right. uh, you know, we, we moved house, uh, a few of my friends, so I'm really close to work now. I have the luxury of to walking to work, not when it's, you know, not when we're underwater in Sydney at the moment. It's not that luxurious. But I sold my car because it was sitting on the street and it was every day I could just count the dollars, you know, just being... Just depreciating, just, yeah, disintegrating, depreciating out of my pocket, and all these expenses, and and I, I realized I was like, if I remove all my depreciating assets, the things that aren't making me money, and I turn those little things and put them into something that's that's growing, wh- whether or not that be doubling in a day, or whether or not that be slowly growing, I think that's where I'm now on my the the investment journey myself is where if you can invest in a lot of things or different things, like we want to touch on a few things like the cryptocurrencies or the NFTs and these new age style investments i think that's where we can make a lot of money this year as well yeah and you know i I want to let's talk about that because look we we think we believe in a diversified investment portfolio Mm -hmm. you know that's going to consist of some property it's going to consist of some shares some managed funds um and in this modern world we are now looking at this whole new investment vehicle, which three, five years ago, would have you've been crazy to get into it because it was okay. the early movers. 
but now it's ubiquitous. You know, the market cap of Bitcoin is tremendous. It's huge. Um, it, it, it's not a, a fringe investment now. It's, it's no. well and truly a, a store of wealth. But then there's all these other coins. There was mini market, coin bubble and crash. Mm. And then there's... Um, then there are a, a new form of investment. I don't know if any of you have heard this, but NFTs, and that's non-fungible tokens. Um, and that's, we're going to talk about this more. I'm not the expert. We're going to interview some experts. But my understanding of an NFT is uh, effectively money is fungible, where you can trade my dollar for your dollar, and they're both worth the same value. Where if it's non-fungible means that it's, it's one of a kind, it's unique, it's like a piece of art, it's... Um, you know, you can't trade it for equivalent value of something else. Now, what we're seeing in the market today is people are creating digital uh, digital assets such as artwork. This gentleman called Beeple, I think it's B-E-E-P-L-E, sold a piece of artwork for $66 million. It's a digital piece of art. You can go and look it up. So you can go and enjoy it and see it. But you can also see on the blockchain who bought it, how much they paid for it mm. and what it's all about. Now, there's this whole new emerging market of um, non-fungible uh, tokens mm. and it's a new investment class. It is. Coins are a new investment class. Now, uh, I'll just dabble on a little bit further where in this investment class, there are a number of opportunistic plays. You might hear your friends and family talking about it where you, you everyone knows somebody that's made millions in of this course. space. Yeah. However, it's dangerous. However, <laughs> it's extremely <laughs> volatile. Yeah. Um, if you're going to jump in this space, one, I'd, I'd suggest you you do your research, understand what you're investing in, lengthy amounts. Yeah, do your work, read and read and read and read and watch. And two, um, be prepared to make investments or take a gamble that it that you're prepared to lose of course and also i think going with an open mind as well because oh yeah you yeah can be, you can be very i think the world of the the cryptos and the nfts and this new and we're going to see more like we're going to see you know this is the beginning this is yeah this is where we're in if you're talking about it now it's still in the baby stages of of its life right i mean if you look at there's a cool there's a cool video uh, on youtube that there's a guy he he records himself and I believe it's it ten or 15, ten or twelve years ago now, and he's recording himself on his computer, and he's got a, he's got a dodgy camera set up behind him and he's and he's sort of vlogging almost and he's talking about he goes look today's the day um, Bitcoin marks a uh, hundred US dollars of value and it's the first time it ticked over a hundred US dollars mm. and now we know it I, I couldn't track it now and now we know it's at the the value I think it's at sixty five thousand Oz or we're at the we're cracking the fifties in the fifty thousand dollar mark right yeah but if you look at that's that's uh, impossibly but now and people think again you, we almost touch on the um we go back to touching on the missing the boat have I missed the boat of Bitcoin have I missed have I missed the boat of the cryptos or investing uh, in property and uh, to sort of come full circle is that. Uh, you haven't really like I can't tell you enough. I thought I did, then I started doing it. I thought, you know, my, my two friends who are right into it at the moment. We have a, you know our little group chats. We talk about cryptos now. What are we investing in? What do we like? And how we do it? And then we more the more we realise, the more our, our eyes were open to the opportunities that were coming on uh, you know, available this year and and next year and the years to come. And the more that we educated on ourselves, we realised that our sort of end goal really did not to 
not to spoil it, would be to invest enough in crypto, you know, make a, a good portion of money. Not, I mean, not life-changing amounts, but enough to, for us to go and then turn that money into buying or oh, a property deposit or getting that enough money, you know, sum together then to go buy something that I talk about with my clients every day, you know. And I think that sort of changed my attitude toward investing. If I can invest my way to an investment, well, then I've got to, you know, then I'm actually doing okay. Well, yeah, and, and Louis has got spaceship, he's got shares, he's got a whole host of, he's got cash, he's, he's saving, he's got a number of different investments and he's he's using a portion of his portfolio, as am I, as am Peter, as a bunch of the guys and girls, where we are, as you said, um, we're being open-minded about this space. Yep. Open-minded but not naive. Yeah, I agree. I think it's new, it's, it's, it's emergent technology, um, it's risky. It's risky, but I think it's foolish just to thumb your nose at it. Yeah. You and know I what think, I mean? I think that's what people did. I, I like to look at it on the timeline of investments and uh, I like to think about, you know, we came into the 2000s and then the, the people snubbed their noses at Facebook and then the people snubbed their noses at Apple. And then we came... People th- snub or thumb their noses at the internet. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, internet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's out of the internet. Then yeah. it was, yeah, the social media. And then it was like... And then we came into the... Podcasting videos. Apps. apps so then, you know... App store. Like Gary V, the... If you haven't heard of Gary V, I'm sure you would have all had Gary a, Vanderchuk. You to, yeah, if you're yeah. listening to us, you would have heard of Gary V. But he um, he tells a funny story about getting offered... Um, getting offered to buy into an app that was uh, that sent randoms over to your house to be to pick you up and take you somewhere, and he just couldn't f- he just he just couldn't wrap his head around. He said, "Why would I want? Why would someone want a random to come and pick me up and take me somewhere?" And why not jump in someone else's car? Yeah, and obviously it was called Uber, right? So then he missed the boat on that, but he laughs about it today and says, "But I think he invested like Facebook and uh, or Twitter yeah, and I mean, a bunch of other he's great a, stuff." He's a, he's a billionaire, but yeah. his attitude now, which what I really like, is that he's into Pokemon cards now or he's into the NFT markets, he will never, ever close his eyes to something because he thinks he's too big for it. That's right. You know, he's, he's still does this thing on, uh, he has a, a little YouTube segment where he goes out and he flips things. So he'll go out to garage sales and he'll buy, you know, little tokens or little bears that he saw uh, that, that he can sell on eBay for 10 to $15 more and yeah, flip tables Christmas and chairs. Decorations and... And you just think that and he goes, look, if I'm doing it, he goes, I'm not too big for it. Is that you can make some money here flipping. I know we're, we're running off topics and, and whatnot, but... No, I we're think not. I think it's really cool to, to speak about... Well, at Wealthy here especially, we, we talk about property every day, but I think that the more we can open our minds or open the people who listen to us, or open the people who we talk to and the people that we want to talk to about Wealthy is that we've got a whole range of, you know, ideas and, and things that we can we can utilise to, to better ourselves in uh, as a, an investor as a whole. Well, it's for us and for me, I feel like Wealthy for us, it's a way... You know, we fundamentally believe that anyone can be wealthy mm-hmm. if you want it. Mm-hmm. And then the definition is up to you. You know, Peter's definition of being wealthy is being able to walk his kids to school. Mm. And, you know, my definitions of wealthy are a bit more loftier <laughs> and materialistic. <laughs> but that's that's fine. Yeah, like that, whatever yeah. your definitions of wealthy are, that's up to you. And if you want to put the effort and the work in, you can be that. And we don't want to be naive enough to say that it's only property that you can make money in. No. You can do it in so many, many ways. And we want to broaden our scope and our podcast yeah. and our, our influence to encompass more than just property. 
you know, we want to bring you different thoughts, ideas, people, mm. resources, so that you can broaden your scope and fundamentally change the way that you're living your life so that you too can be wealthy, whatever that definition is. Yeah, whatever you may define it as. I think that everyone can be it though. Yeah. So with all that said, Louis, how do you want to uh, wrap up? What are your parting thoughts to your current clients, people that are listening, that are watching? What do you want them to take away from today? What's, what's some of your closing thoughts? Um, I'm not saying we're always right. Hey, but, uh, but, um, but uh, I haven't seen any issues yet. No, so but I'm not on wood. <laughs> I'm not saying we're always right, but I think that the more we talk to people, the more that people listen and they and they do their own research. I think that our business and and what we talk about and what you guys talk about on the podcast and what Peter talks about and you know what Jody talks about to the people that first come in. I think that the more people understand that our business is see-through, like you can look through the windows here and you can see every piece of data that we collect. You can see how we collect it and, and what we do with it and, and how we've come to the conclusion of our advice. I think more and more people are now coming to the fact that they're feeling safer to talk to us. They realise that, well, we are putting in a lot of work to do this. Mm. And the reason why we've had, a, I would say, a 100% success rate and success with advice we give to investor clients i think it's it's derived from a lot of back end data a lot of work in the background yeah and i'm I'm not saying yeah and as i said i'm not saying we're always right but i I can i think that people should and, and people have come to start listening a little bit more which is nice well, I mean, it's it's a testament to you. It's it's a testament to the team about how patient and diligent you are. The work that we're doing, we have our own, you know, um, acquisitions manager, and, and but we all get our hands dirty. Mm. Every single person in this office gets their hands dirty. We all, and what I mean by that is we we like to get out to sites. We we're all passionate about what we're doing, and we want to know. Mm. We want to know the angles because yeah. more more than you know investing for you, we invest in these assets. Yeah. We are buying. We argue. That, we yeah, we, <laughs> we, buy, we heads. yeah, we 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 fight to get the best result because if we wouldn't buy it, then we're not going to tell you to buy no. it. And the meetings we have behind the scenes, I think that it's not. We we touch on the word glamorous. It might be the word of the podcast today, but our meetings aren't glamorous. You know, if someone if someone says, "I think this is a good idea," it's not going to. It's not met with um, you know pats on the back and a, and and oh how good how good's your work. No, it's, I get shot it, down all yeah, the time. It's criticized heavily, and yeah. then, and then, but uh, that's what I think that is is allowing us to feel that uh, the confidence to tell other people to do it. And yeah, and I've learned the you know, I've learned that that's probably the best way to to handle what we talk about in in a regard of giving off advice. You know, yeah, to having an open forum conversation, laying out the facts as we see it, and mm. we welcome criticisms and judgments, and mm. and an open conversation discussion about w- what is the best outcome. But I digress. Points. Um, there's not. There might not be a boat to miss. I think just get on the boat and stay on the boat. Yep. In the moment, I think that do your own research and own research with property, own research with the new world of investing, the cryptos, the NFTs, the uh, all these different forms of investments that we're open, you know, we're open-minded about and be open-minded about. Don't don't close your eyes. And then I think that it does it, investing does get harder as we get older. Uh, like it, it, in my sort of uh, personal circumstance, me being you know uh, 24, uh, I'm. Uh, my mother always tells me I don't have a, a lot of responsibilities, so do a lot of things, you know, while while you can. And I think that getting older 
and you're never not too old. Don't get me wrong. You can you can invest whenever you like. It's not a it's not a game that has a closed door. But I think that the quicker you do it, uh, the best day was yesterday. It's an old saying, but I think the the quicker you decide to make the decision, and there's a, there's another old saying I will say that money's more money's lost than indecision than it is you know with the wrong decision. So. I agree with everything you said. I'm I'm a decade decade older than you, and you're right. As thing as time goes on, things get harder. Life changes. You have kids. You have get married. You you get debts. You you know um, life gets more complicated. You get more responsibility. So get in while you can. And again, thirty four is young. Forty four is young. Oh. Fifty four is young. My dad's sixty four, and he just bought his um his first portfolio of cryptocurrencies there you go so have a crack get yeah, keep your eyes screenshots every day about how they're going <laughs> up and i go yeah we told you this two years ago mate <laughs> so look for me uh, i want to say mate you're doing a great job thank you for jumping on the show Pleasure. we really appreciate the the what you bring to the table um you know and for all of you out there uh, again be open-minded you know listen to the things around you but don't be naive qualified do your own work and do your own research and, and don't be afraid to reach out and say hey Give me a helping hand. Mm. So thank you. Uh, any questions, thoughts, ideas, send them to us. And I hope to see you on the next show. And um, we'll catch you all soon. We'll see you soon.